Hello, Property Nomads. Hope you're well. We recorded an episode a little while ago explaining that there is going to be an oil boiler ban uh, that's proposed from 2026 and that that's going to affect about 1.7 million households, but predominantly people that live in rural areas that have no access to mains gas that rely on kerosene or, or heating oil in order to heat their homes. Now, as you're probably aware, this is all being done under the guise of uh, carbon emissions and climate change and climate emergencies. And a lot of people that have oil boilers have thrown their hands up in the air and are fighting back uh, on oil boilers. And uh, sorry, they're fighting back on the proposed banning of oil boilers. There's an interesting uh, sample, uh, basically, that's happening down in Cornwall in a tiny hamlet called Kellahan. Uh, for those that aren't UK based, uh, a hamlet is really a tiny, tiny village. And oh, the headline slightly misleading, but we'll go through the article. And it says the Cornish Hamlet exposing the flaws in the net zero oil boiler ban. Um, I wouldn't, don't think that's a fair representation of the article, as we're going to find out. So as we said, uh, oil boilers are meant to be, by 2026, uh, replacing a broken oil boiler like for like is set to be banned. Obviously, this isn't very good, because if you live in an area where you rely on oil, then you're pretty much your only other alternatives are going to be bottled gas or, or gas in big containers. So basically non-mains gas, and that's very expensive, or uh, being pushed down the path of installing a heat pump, which is doesn't work for all sorts of homes and all sorts of reasons. But what this hamlet in Cornwall have been doing uh, is taking part in a landmark trial using cooking oil recycled from factories and this hydro-treated vegetable oil and this form of renewable diesel and it's created by taking waste fat and feedstock and processing it using hydrogen. Now I don't know how energy intensive that process is but so far so good. Are the chemicals already being used in transport? Apparently McDonald's uh, already recycles its waste cooking oil for use in trucks. So every time you see a McDonald's truck up and down the motorway, chances are it's running off the hydro-treated vegetable oil. Official figures, uh, how, whether you want to believe them or not, it's up to you, show that vegetable oil produces 88% fewer carbon emissions than kerosene, kerosene being the uh, normal choice for home heating oil. Boilers in Britain need only to be fitted with a nozzle compatible with the recycled oil. Again, so far, so good. A process which costs around £500 and takes an hour. Uh, don't know about you, but that sounds like a business opportunity to me. Uh, putting a nozzle on a boiler uh, that costs £500 for the hour. Sounds great to me. So in this tiny place in, in Kellerhand, uh, there's about 50 homeowners taking part in the trial. Uh, so, so far, it's seen that vegetable oil successfully substituted for kerosene. Uh, and one of those buildings includes the local chapel. Uh, Andrew Geek, who's the Methodist Church's environment and climate change advocate, say that the Hamlet's church has set itself a far more immediate net zero deadline in 2030. There's a couple of chapels using oil. Uh, he's basically saying that there's about 150 churches in Cornwall, a majority of them are off grid. And because these buildings use heat infrequently, you need a system that will basically heat the buildings up quite quickly. Uh, he says you cannot get that with heat pumps. And that's very, very true. It's one of the disadvantages of having a heat pump is that 
they're not very rapid. So if you want to get instant heat, uh, a heat pump's not going to do the job for you. It goes on to say that heat pumps are brilliant in the right place for the right thing, but a lot of church buildings are listed. You can't go around putting in external insulation, that's for sure, and you can't really do internal insulation either, end quote. Uh, and again, the what, what Mr. Uh, Geek here hits upon is one of the key issues with this eco-charge, that when you're dealing with older buildings, listed buildings, conservation areas, you're not just able to go go. You're not just able to go around and let's do some external insulation here. Let's make all these alterations to the inside because if it's a listed building, you might not be able to do that in the first place. So then, with the older buildings who that are more energy intensive, how do you then go about sorting them out? And now you see start to get into the the rigmaroles of of the UK. Going further on down the article, uh, it talks about various numbers. Uh, and I'm not here to make this a half hour episode because it's not fair on you because as, as a listener, we've been told that about 15, 20 minutes is what you like. So I'm going to try and keep it to that. But there are some other people uh, in, in the same sort of area who come up with some points that we've come up with before. And what I like about this is these people, we're, you're pretty much going, going to the people this is going to affect. So you're hearing from the people this is going to affect. Not some office in Westminster that think things are a good idea. Let's go into the heart of the country. Let's see how this is going to affect people. And let's have an idea of what's going on. And uh, reading from the article, Stephen Thomas, who's 64, has lived in uh, his home for 27 years. It's a traditional detached house. It's one of the oldest in Kellerhan. So we're still, he's in the area where the vegetable oil trial was taking place. It's originally built in the 1860s. It's got two foot granite walls. This is one of the challenges with places like Cornwall, where your home is going to be built out of stone, not waste the most uh, energy efficient material. Uh, it would cost Mr. Thomas thousands to externally insulate uh, his home, and that would undoubtedly spoil the look of the house. Again, aesthetics, one of the things that people aren't necessarily happy with. If you externally insulate your home, it's going to well, it's going to affect how the home looks. And when you've got a nice, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you've got a nice granite house uh, like this chap has, then you can see why if you're in his shoes, you probably wouldn't want to be doing this either. Uh, Mr. Thomas has got a, an oil-fired boiler. It's been heating the property for 17 years. It says it works perfectly well. And he says, and I quote, I hate throwing something away that's working. That boiler could go on for another five or 10 years and it's serviced every year. Absolutely. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We then go on to uh, Mr. Biggs, who's 74. Uh, he lives in the bungalow that was built in 1981. He also lives in Kellerhand, where this trial is taking place. Uh, but he's running into issues with planning regulations when faced with the prospect of parting with his oil boiler. A planning laws dictated that his home had a low-pitched roof when it was built. Don't ask me why. And this would have to be entirely retiled to accommodate the loft insulation necessary for a heat pump. You're probably saying, Rob, why do you need loft insulation for a heat pump? With how the heat pump is designed is that it makes an assumption that your walls are insulated, that you have possibly some floor insulation, and that you have some form of loft insulation. So you have as much insulation as around the home as possible, because when the heat pump is in operation, that means as much heat can be retained within the home as possible. So if you do have two thick granite walls or you don't have loft insulation, 
or you might not have floor insulation, then if you've got a heat pump, you're effectively, the heat's going to come into the home. It's just going to go out through the walls. What's the point? You're, for want of a better way of putting it, you're just, you're just wasting a lot of cash unnecessarily. Uh, Mr. Biggs says, and I quote, building costs have gone up since Brexit. Just the renovation alone would cost me £40,000 before you account for a new heating system. He says, in three years' time, the government is saying, thou shalt not have an oil boiler. Thou shalt only have an air source heat pump, end quote. That's probably my favourite quote of the lot. He then goes on to say, really, if I, I mean, if it were a socialist government, I would understand it, but I'm not expecting to hear that from a conservative government. From a practical point of view, from a cost point of view, it's just never going to happen, end quote. Now, the article goes on and on and on, different uh, different uh, people talking about different things. What I find intriguing from this article, there's a couple of things. Number one, you know from listening to the podcast that my opinions on climate change and climate emergencies are uh, probably quite contrarian to the masses. So that's probably point number one. Secondly, when your back is against the wall and you're trying to do something, what I find and what history has shown that sometimes the advances in technology can be quite useful. So if there is a way to not use kerosene and to use this hydro-treated vegetable oil, and that does produce less carbon emissions, and it doesn't smell as bad, for example, although I quite like the smell of kerosene, but let's just say it doesn't smell as bad at all, then fantastic. You hold your hands up and go, well, technology here is working in our favour. It's a win-win situation for everyone. Also on that article, what it doesn't help uh, and I've come off the article now, I've come off the screen share, is that at the moment, at the time of recording this video, if you're filling up a, a thousand litres of kerosene into your oil tank, that's probably going to cost about £800, give or take. If you're doing it with the hydro-treated vegetable oil, then that's going to cost a lot more. I think it's about 30 or 40% more. So again, we've got these situations where the idea of something is, mm, and yet the cost of it, is it's not practical for a lot of people. A lot of people might not have the cash in the bank. A lot of people might just not want to do it. A lot of people, as we've just seen in the articles, are saying, well, hang on a minute, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why should I need to do this? Why should I need to do that? I've got, you know, I've got a listed building here, or I've got I've got to go through planning here to do this. Uh, and what's this all for? Is this going to make my quality of life better? Or if I've got X amount in the bank, hang on a minute, do you know what? I've always wanted to travel. I've always wanted to go to Barbados or I've always wanted to go on safari. Whatever it is, when you get down to the, the meat and vegetables of it, when you're dealing with the local people, when you're dealing with how practical, impractical these things are going to be, I think, as you can see, a lot of people are going to go along the lines of, this isn't going to work for me, this isn't practical, I'm not happy with this, and most of the time it comes down to cost. And as we said time and time again on Property Nomads, environmental policies on paper sound okay. When people start getting the bill for something, that's when people start throwing their toys at the pram, holding their hands up and going, hang on a minute, this isn't for me. And this is what we're seeing here. So I think the article, the headline in the article is a bit misleading personally. All of that being said, if they, because of technology and, and people trying things, if it's proven that this method of uh, heating oil is compatible and it's going to pr produce less carbon emissions and they can get the cost of it in line with the cost of kerosene, 
then to me that sounds like a, a win-win situation and i'm all for that that just sounds like things are running more efficiently happy days i'm all for efficiency i'm sure you listen to this as a landlord landlady entrepreneur we like efficiency the more efficient something can be you hold your hands up and go that's great thank you very much but let's see what happens so very interesting article uh, sounds like there's some really good funky movements going on uh in order to get past this potential oil ban that's coming in in 2026 and if they can bring the cost down of the hydro treated vegetable oil this sounds like it could be a very good win-win for everyone but as you can see from the article when you get down to the meat and vegetables and speaking to people normally they will come up and say hang on a minute the cost of this isn't good i don't like this not for me thank you very much uh let's Let's find an, uh, another way of doing things. There we are. Please do subscribe to the podcast if you already haven't subscribed. Uh, leave a review as well on iTunes or, or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to us on. It helps to boost the podcast. It helps to get our word out to more people. Do go and head over to the YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and use that bell notification thing to get alerted when we do YouTube content. Uh, we try and do it as regularly as we can uh, thank you very much for listening please share the podcast with as many people as you can and yeah i will keep an eye out on this space and we'll see how that's going to affect housing moving forwards until next time i'll see you in the next video thanks for listening to property nomads to help the podcast even more please do head over to patreon.com forward slash property nomads that's patreon.com forward slash property nomads mm-hmm.